0: Welcome to the Salah Podcast. My name is Kutcher and today I'm catching up with South Australian ceramicist Sam Gold. We're upstairs in Sam's studio at the Jam Factory and I'd like to acknowledge the Kaurna people as the traditional owners of the land that we meet upon today and pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hi Sam, thanks so much for meeting with me today. Uh, We're here in your studio, as we just said. It's nice and cool in here. I can see you've got some beautiful works delicately displayed out of our way just in case we knock anything over um, how long have you been here at the gym for I've been here for
1: two years mm-hmm. um, I put the air conditioning on just for you, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's never usually on for me <laughs> um, so yeah I've been here for two years um, the associate program started in 2020 mm-hmm. and then it um, was cut and then restarted in twenty twenty one, and recently we have found out that we are continuing associates for a second year. Oh, that's so Surprise. good! Nice.
0: Now we met at uni a few years ago. Now, yes. So can we talk about your journey from uni? Yeah, uni SA, Absolutely. Yeah. Stones throw. A stones throw. Um, <laughs> to how you are today? Because where you are today? Sorry, because you have had so many doors open up for you. Yes. So many opportunities, like. It's as if every couple months, like, Sam Gold's doing this. (laughs) Sam Gold's here. Sam Gold's now at the MCA for Primavera 2021. Like, you're just, you're everywhere. Oh. You know, it's good. It's so good. It's so good because it's so nice to see someone still in their formative years as an artist doing so well.
1: Yeah, well, I guess uh, when I first started, a contemporary art degree who told that every female wouldn't make it i remember that yeah
0: i remember that. it was exactly like a, that shoot yeah, yeah.
1: like the lecturer lecture was time. just like you, you're not going to make it the statistics shows if you're not a male you're not going to make mm. it so i think there's like this determination yeah um you know to make it yeah. and i think you know i hold down two other jobs just to do this full time and you know there's echoes in my relationship of just acknowledging how hard you have to hustle Mm. constantly to to sustain this yeah um it's a lot of pressure
0: (laughs) yeah and it's what you love and you're so good at it as well like it's not just for the sake of doing it so you get such enjoyment out of it and you can see that in what you do and where you've gone with it and obviously other people are receptive to that so you're doing something that is speaking volumes and is interesting and so yeah from uni to where you are now out of the plethora of things that you've done, what do you think has been a standout? Like where you, a pinched yourself moment where you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm here.
1: Yeah, well, definitely being in a national show, but prior to that and in lead to that, and I think what helped me achieve that was a mentorship with Kirsten mm-hmm. Um, Kirsten is like – you know a pinch myself moment i cannot believe someone who is so um wonderful is in my life and not just as a mentor now but as a dear friend um and yeah i think for me that's that's something that a relationship that i feel is going to be sustained for the rest of my life and career and kirsten's life
0: um and kirsten was also the 2019 um salah feature artist oh cool yeah
1: very yes yes no of course was that Samstag. so um Also, being at Samstag was really great because I got the graduate position after we graduated, and I really appreciate that environment that I'm in there because the team, Jill Brown, Erica Green, and all of them have been really gracious towards me with their time, like looking at applications, giving advice, you know, always being a sounding board. They come and do studio visits. They're invested in me
0: and that feels really
1: nice. That's such yeah. good
0: support as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and I feel like that what we were speaking about before with uh, working really hard, um, I mean, I was doing like 14 to 16-hour days. Wow. And I started that last November
0: so um, a year of doing that.
1: A year of doing that. Yeah. Yeah, 16-hour days. But I was doing it seven days a week for a period of time. Um, and
0: working two jobs as well.
1: Yeah, that's, that's like if I did – Including in that sixteen hours, yeah. if I did a shift at Samstag on the weekend, then I'd come here straight away. Wouldn't leave until it was done. And when I was gas firing, you've got to be here from like seven a.m. until like one a.m., yeah. two a.m., and then come back and be here and oh like watch the kiln constantly. Yeah. Um. But that you know, all rich, all rich things. And I think I'm in a position where I can do that, so yeah. I'm doing it. I might not have that, and you know, I want to have a family, so yeah. I don't feel like that's you know, I cannot have that kind of a routine. <laughs> um. And my partner is also a soul trader and gets it, so there's that kind of support mm-hmm. instead of somebody's like, Be home <laughs> all the <Hurry> time. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, Lou.
0: <laughs> Your work is really physical, so having to be in the studio or nearby yep. for that many hours, how do you preserve yourself? what do you do like because your work is you're using your hands and your shoulders your arms like it's all upper body but as well it's actually the rest of your body because you're standing up and how do you maintain that physicality like
1: well if I have a rest period so before November I wasn't making as much and I was in more more like local commercial shows um and if I had like a couple of weeks off of making my and would return to making my wrists, that RSI kind of thing. So there's so much physio that I actually participate in yeah. um, and have tools at home, like a rolling ball and um, one of those like pool noodles, yes, um, which has been really helpful. But I, I think the one thing I forget to do is make myself food. Oh, I do that. I get um, that. Constantly I'm just like, oh, shoot, got to wait for, for like dinner. Um, you need an assistant. Yeah, ah. yeah. I did have friends volunteer and help me with time and we did trade where I then taught them mm-hmm. something in return. So there was no exchange of finances but there was exchange Dude. of value and <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but, yeah, the rest of it is I live really close to the city and I ride a lot. Yeah. Um, And there are moments where I think my social life has just not become a predominant, but I think COVID has really supported um, people not having too much of a wild or big social life. I mean, I'm not, I'm very much an introvert. Um, It's really hard for me to be comfortable in big groups of people. So,
0: yeah. COVID suits you nicely. I think a lot of artists in the last almost two years now have benefited from working on their craft and just like, for lack of a better word, locking down and yeah. just focusing. Yeah. Um, with this lockdown, have you found anything new or do you think you've developed further or learnt more, enhanced your skills? Um. Your work is beautiful and, yeah, it would be great to know if there's anything that sort of sticks out. Have you been able to research something that you really wanted to, that you've found the time for? and. I just yeah. keep nodding at you. Yeah, I was going to say, your, yeah, head is yeah. just got, your
1: head's just <laughs> going to fall off because you keep nodding so much. <laughs>
0: um,
1: yeah, no, all of the above. Uh, the last two years working on the show for Primavera, it was meant to be in 2020 mm. and then postponed. And we, I was able to get two massive grants, one from Helpman. Um, mm. I was kind of given the heads up that I wasn't allowed to without supervision use the big gas kiln here. So I've shifted from electric firing to gas firing, mm-hmm. which is a very, it's like driving a manual car yeah in firing Fire. terms. Yes. So much. Um, fun. <laughs> so I needed to have kind of like an occ health safety, like mentor. So Mark Valenzuela was the only person who had been recently using the kiln mm-hmm. um, and had really perfected the ramping, um, so when I say ramping, it's like the the way that you build up, say, you know, when you're on a hill in mm-hmm. a manual car and you're holding it, that's kind of like ramping. The hill starts. Yes, the, the hill end. starts. So he's really great um, and pretty much just did a few with me. and Well, he did all of the sessions with me because he was um, there. But, you know, after a few, I really got the hang of it. Yeah. Um, each kiln is very different. So you, I think just having, you know, kind of like a little instructor for a few of mm-hmm. them was really great. Um, Mark is a person who's full of. Ooh, you know, incredible skills. I mean, I've picked up using ash glazes because of Mark, um, conversations, you know, even considerations towards, you know, working um, in studios together outside of Jam when our opportunities um, aren't here anymore. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of relationships that have very much developed from that. That's so great. I'm very grateful for Helpman and Jam for doing that. Um, and then I got a Australia Council grant, and that was pretty much the bulk of the money that made the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you, Ozco. <laughs> How many pieces do you um, have there? At Ten pieces presented, but three of them are in individual parts. Okay. So there's two large-scale kind of ones that are 1.2 metres in, in length, um, and that's a two-part piece. Um, and then there's a wall piece that's made out of porcelain in three parts because of kiln firing. So I had to work with these tables here. So um, these tables I had custom made so that they're the same height as the kiln so that it didn't okay. break my back putting them on and off. So I'm not bending all the way down to the floor up to where I needed to load into the kiln. It's just more of an easier transition. Um, and then these shelves um, are 610 by 610 millimeters. So that was the kind of capacity that I had to make parts in. Yeah. So I would make several of them and I had a really great team here from the furniture department. Um, Duncan Young, Ivana and Fran. They were all really helpful and just volunteered their time to help assist me with loading things, shifting, um, crating and freighting rounds. So there was like, yeah, beautiful community here. Um the scale of the work meant that I had to figure things out so, things I learned are like gas firing is completely and utterly different in atmosphere. So, all different results. This uh, piece behind you is a cobalt piece. It was one of my test pieces. Yeah. Um, that was like a meter and 30 centimeters, and it shrunk that Before, much yeah. prior to. So, shrink rates in ceramics are usually around 15 to 14% for utility wear. Mm. But for large sculpture, we're looking at 30 to 35%. Wow, that's quite considerable. Yeah. So, you know, counting for those losses, um, learning how to make things in compartments and segments to make larger holes. Yeah. Um, working with porcelain and much finer porcelains. Um, so, I'm now working with Aubrey Blackman, but it took me after I made all the way from Primavera and testing different porcelains to find that porcelain mm-hmm. uh, through conversations and kirsten as well um that you know paulson's like working with butter yeah so to to build what i make with butter is very difficult difficult. um so i work with like you know a really grogged clay where i can build incredibly fast you know make a piece in a day um which you know uh, you don't want to push things you need things to set and solidifies because movement and water make clay very malleable. Yeah. Um so you want drying times like 15 to 20 minute like rest periods. Um so yeah lots of those kinds of things like managing the whole thing. I'm incredibly organized in terms of this production of things. I had like That's like beyond checklists of checklists <laughs> like daily like ticking off to-dos to and yeah. yeah. And yeah, it was pretty pretty full on. Um, But this blue is an oxide, so I don't love exhibition work that's um, glazes um, because of risks of fusing things to shelves and the scale of things. um, But I am exploring a small gas range of celadon glazes and chun glazes for smaller pieces, Mm -hmm. so ones that are between 15 to 30 centimetre heights. Um, Just for something else, like, you know, to keep that kind of continued learning. Um, I do really love glazing and I fell in love with using local materials from the Catapult Mentorship. So whilst we're in lockdown, I just kept busy. So I got a Catapult Mentorship. Thank Mm -hmm. you, Guildhouse. (laughs) And worked with David Pedler and um, Jane Robertson and – Yeah, so I I do want to make a bit of a considerable shift in my practice from commercial things because I think it's taking too much of our world, like our digging too many holes into our planet um, and start shifting towards more local materials but doing that in the most respectful way to traditional owners. Um, So I've been developing relationships since that mentorship um, with a few local elders and leaders. Um, So hopefully in the next couple of years I can shift –
0: to more of a predominantly local clay material. That's wonderful. It's nice to hear that as well because so much of your work is reminiscent of the landscape. Yep. Yes, and I think
1: there's a beautiful tie to that. Uh, something I think I try to subtly make a hint at um, the idea of our body and our environments writing our bodies and and the memories of our bodies, mm. um, and that you know there is an
0: intrinsic connection. <laughs> mm. There's such delicacy in your work. I remember seeing it. I can't remember where I saw it now. I think it was in an office space somewhere and I saw a work of yours and it was ginormous. It was so big. And um, the person who'd owned it had said, oh, it's actually like quite light and fragile and it's like glass. It's fragile but actually really strong at the same time. (laughs) Spoiler alert, we lifted it up. Oh, great. Because I was like, I want to know how heavy this thing is. Yeah, great. He was just like, oh, it's actually really light. I was just like, wow, for the scale of what this is – it's so beautiful to see, and actually, you appreciate it more because yep. what you just said it ties into that whole that whole metaphysical. Um, what am I trying to say? I do that on purpose, by the way. You? Like, yeah, that's so sneaky. I, I do often. that on
1: purpose because of weight bearing things. Mm. So if I'm freighting large things, I don't put bottoms in them because of the added unnecessary weight. Yeah. And because I can make things from a thick coil. But if, say, you know, like. Some people expect that ceramics will have a base on it yeah, and, and need that. Functional. So I really want that to, to be an option yeah. um, and I really want, you know, my work to be commercially viable
0: as well. Yeah. Just looking around your studio now, it's so nice to see vessels that are functional and aren't. Yes. Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah, there's a whole range. <laughs> yes. A whole
0: range. And like, again, just such varying sizes, like those – Teeny tiny little pots there next to that shell.
1: Oh yeah, that's my local clay um, outcomes. Oh cool. <laughs> yeah, see that's how small um, and how troubling using local clays are. There's yeah. no real guarantees. Yeah right. You so just that's get why. What I- you're given yeah. And- yeah, and they they do different things and test in different atmospheres.
0: That's great. That's how you yeah. develop yeah. and find new things and build from definitely build from there.
1: Yeah, and I think building from site specific mm. um, with very intentional connections to that landscape is something that I'm interested in.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're really nice. I really really dig them. With your coil work for people who haven't seen or experienced your vessels before. Are you calling them vessels? Yeah,
1: definitely. Like they're or sculptures,
0: but bit of both. Like yeah. I, I'm absolutely comfortable them being called both. They have such, they hold their own sort of story. And yeah. looking at them, like this one in particular, look at that big one up there. The black and white one. The black and white yeah. one. I just know if I if we turn that around and I stand on the other side, it's going to look completely different with the light. Yes. So how you yeah. imprint when you coil, it has its own language and no two thumbprints are the same. Yeah. Which is really nice because it ties that back into the individual, that no two individuals are the same, no two lives are the same, no two – Vistas and landscapes are the same. It's yeah. forever changing. It's like that old thing we learned at at uni. I think yeah. in photography, that's like you know if you want to take a photo in the sunset, it's never going to be the same photograph twice. Yeah. Like you've got that split second to get you know one, and you'll never be able to recapture it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah I find that with your work, that's really nice to see because you've sort of stopped that moment in time, and it's lends itself for you for the viewer to pause and reflect.
1: Yeah, definitely. Which is
0: really lovely. Uh,
1: I like hearing that. (laughs) Do you think?
0: (laughs) Is there anything that you because your works are so laborious? What do you think about when
1: Um, you make them? Are
0: you listening to podcasts, music? Are you just
1: thinking like what's? I think um, I. I guess the reason why I want to make is I think it's not just about objects and putting material into the world. It's things that have meaning Mm. um, embedded into them, and I. I like the idea of what you just said in terms of the story. Everything there is a connection to something like the body, the landscape, and asking questions if they're reflective or make people pause or consider things. Or even if someone's like, "Yeah, all I see is coral," like, yeah. then does it make you think about coral. Then doesn't make you think about That's what's happening right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I guess from my training as an art therapist, and when I worked at the primary school, I was ask yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's just this idea of using materials. Another conversation of processing experiences, all types of experiences, mm. positive, negative. I had someone that we went to uni with once be like, "Well, why are you, you know, if you're unlayering all your experiences, aren't you just putting bad juju out there?" And I was like, "No, no, that's not the point. Yeah. Like, it's about using the act of making to move through things and work through things, and it doesn't have to be adverse experiences." Mm. Um, I feel like moments of pausing and I think moments of stillness or mindfulness is really, really great. And I don't particularly just make work that's about being mindful. Mm. I think it's about being in conversation with something that's tactile and tactile storytelling as opposed to just verbal communication. Like if you see a therapist or a friend and you just Talk at something um, from my training. It's like you stay in a cycle of that story and you yeah. don't break it, you don't get hindsight. Whereas you start to see and shift and make an intended meaning into something, you start seeing things in different ways and different possibilities. Mm. Maybe problem solving, um, maybe celebrating.
0: Yeah, you know, it's definitely a sensory experience that you have. Yes, most definitely. How much just looking back at this culprit one, you were saying works sort of lose between was it 30 you did 35 less, oh 35 sorry
1: um said um that's percentage, percentage but it could be like 30 centimeters yeah, yeah yeah
0: sorry um are you devastated when you pull something out of the kiln and it's much smaller than what you put it in as like do you I take mean, before and after photos like this sometimes is i hope it stays <laughs> as and this is what it's turned out to be
1: um i definitely think that in all my years of ceramics you cannot count on anything yeah. to be f- guaranteed and I think that's a really interesting life lesson Um, you know relationships that we you know are hopeful for or um, you know jobs that we feel will be in forever or you know all these kinds of things that we decide to be set on Um, I think ceramics is this other way of uh, practicing things not going to
0: plan mm. <laughs> um, this is good practice for real yeah. life almost is that you can't put all your eggs in one basket it's yep. Yep, as yep. soon as i open up big ber- burn it is it big, Bernard. big burn, yep. burn it yep it's going to be something completely yep. different we're Absolutely. just going to go with it accept yep. it and move on yep and
1: each kiln will do something different yep. and like the top of the kiln might be different to the bottom of the kiln it's i think the variables of being flexible and resilient is huge yeah and being able to go I need a plan so that I finish everything two months ahead of time so that I have enough time to keep making if I need to. Yeah. So like all these other strategies come in place um, and I think that there's something really interesting about like emotional resilience within yeah. that. <laughs> and sometimes like say if my partner and I are just like having a moment and we're just like having a disagreement about something, I'll just be like, just let it go. Really, is it that important? I'm like, no, I'm just going to let this go.
0: <laughs> That's so nice. I think we could all learn from that. It's nice to – yeah just release yeah just well, let things be
1: have everyone enroll in a ceramic course
0: the sun will still come yeah, up tomorrow it's absolutely good, yeah well, how funny you've got a few classes coming up i'm
2: excited for. yes great. yes i'm really looking forward i'm to very
0: excited it's gonna be really really fun I'd love to go back to how we we're just talking, how I um, was saying, you know you've had all these doors open up since we've left uni what four, five years ago? No. I can't, 18, I can't 2018. Is that three years ago? Yep. In three years, you've accomplished like a heck of a lot. You've gotten so many grants, yep. awards. Um, you've been part of so many solo or group shows. you've had your own solo shows, yep. you've got things coming up, you're bubbling away doing things as we can see in the studio now um but one of the big things was you are now represented yes <laughs> please tell us more how did that
1: come um, to be where are you like What's i don't know how major? it came to be but i know that i met hugo at a helpman um at the helpman selected grad show yeah um and i nervously made one business card and gave it to just it, so what? Hugo, just just <laughs> for Hugo. It's like the Willy Wonka yes. golden ticket. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, and Hugo is probably one of the kindest people ever. And I, I remember looking at Hugo being like, everyone just wants to talk to you. You Probably yeah. like, you've never really met me, but I just want to be that awkward person that says, oh, hi, um, I'm an artist here at this show. Just here's my card if you ever, ever want to call <laughs> <laughs> um, and, I'm an introvert, so please just be nice to me. Yeah, be. totally, totally. I mean, I mustered up so much then and Anne was Good so well-received by Hugo. Um, Hugo's, you know, always since then for the years until I was represented in, like, July mm. um, and had always been sweet and kind at events, said hello, and just definitely made me feel like I was acknowledged as a human, that, you know, I wasn't a forgotten face. Um, I definitely didn't think I was on anyone's radar, um, but then before Primavera was announced, um, Hugo invited me to do a solo, and I did a few, like visits over there um to the gallery and it was really really lovely they've got a great team over Mm. there grudwin gabby and jenna are just like lovely and hugo sings their praises and i think that if you ever want to be represented by anyone it's someone that's very intentionally a good person yeah and hugo really is
0: It sounds like they're an extension of family almost. Absolutely. Loving, supportive, caring, dedicated to you and just want the absolute totally
1: And incredibly professional, like mixed in with all of that. And um, it was just such an honor the day that Hugo asked to represent me. And I I did this really weird thing where – sitting at his desk and I was so excited that I just like slammed my hands both <laughs> down on the table and was just like yes this is um, happening and I think I went home and cried oh, <laughs> oh that's, that's
0: such elation yeah. as well that's great that's <laughs> yeah you can't not
1: you can't not you can't yes not. yes and um uh yeah so it was just really nice and then I think that night we went and saw Kate Powers performance mm-hmm. um for the show bedroom um and we just celebrated by watching Kate's home. It's just so really, nice. you know, humble and lovely. And, um, since then, just every conversation is always really great.
0: Um, you're definitely on people's radars.
1: I, uh, yeah, you don't think that yeah. though, but like, I think, cause I'm always just in here making, yeah. I almost feel like no one even knows like your face or it's more the work or anything like that. You almost feel removed from the, you just do the it. things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so definitely. Thank you. Thank you, Hugo.
0: Make one business card and give it to someone you really, really want to represent you. (laughs) Yeah. That's great. What a confidence Um, boost. Yeah.
1: And I feel like maybe it is the grants or just the track record or just keeping momentum Mm. and moving. Um, I was recently asked by another local artist, um, you know, how did you get there? And I was like, I really honestly can't uh, like exactly say that Mm. because um, that's not for me to say, like I didn't represent me. Um, But I know that someone believed in me and that felt really
0: nice. And do you think, like I was going to ask a similar question, being so fresh out of uni, it's a big jump to start a professional career yeah and i guess for the people out there who are starting who aren't sure how to apply for grants talk to the right people um sort of put themselves out there cause it can be a really scary thing yes um still is it's still yeah <laughs> i can imagine yeah it totally be it still is frightening i can imagine yeah. but is there something that you could um like a word of advice or yeah, something you can interject with and say like just talk to people as nerve-wracking as it is yes. like talk to people just yeah. if you believe in yourself that much other people will you know feed yeah, off of it and
1: definitely and also know that you're not alone there's like mm. we are a small and beautiful community here in Adelaide but there are lots of us that are emerging and all doing the same thing you know I'm inspired by my peers like Kate Behunas also like incredibly motivated Who you and, worked
0: with that George Street
1: yeah and we've known each other like you know 10 almost 10 or 12 years prior to that traveled to India together and it's just like I have I think um you know a lot of people that practice that are constantly doing the same thing but for people who are leaving maybe uni um I could talk to just you know really um Saddle into Helpman and, and make yourself known there. That's a really gentle way of understanding grant writing, applications, communication, networking, and and speaking to people. Use your uni tutors as well
0: and yeah, lecturers. They have definitely. all of them I mean, and-
1: exactly. Um, and I think there's a lot of nice people out there. But what I would recommend, something that does happen to me a lot, is that if you are new and budding and you do want to bail someone up, Maybe take them out for coffee or offer them something for their time because I think no matter who it is or where you are in your career, always asking someone to value their time and if it's not just a financial thing but really with like a pleasant Yes, definitely. Um, And that goes a long, long way. I think those kinds of things in this industry is really important. Um, You know, every time that Jill or – Erica or anybody else or gave me a moment of their time, I would be so sincerely grateful and offer them something back into not as in like my work, but just helpful in another way. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I think that's just really important.
2: Yeah.
0: That's good. Build that community up. Keep it strong. Yeah. Don't be be super greedy or anything. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go backwards because I I just want to know this, if there's an answer to this (laughs) for my own just personal yeah knowledge but um your forms as i said have like a life of their own and no two works are the same no two imprints are the same how do you because you work with coils and you build them up and up and up and up in various layers yeah do you let your works talk to you or do you have a vision in mind or have what you want the end product to be before you put it in the kiln and it turns into something else (laughs) how how do you let it be as organic as your works are
1: um i never draw them i never have a plan prior to i will do observational drawings later after firing um because i think if i set a shape and a form i am setting myself up for failure um i just know that i need to stick to some ceramic principles of Um, not creating thick walls and thin, like these works over here Mm -hmm. where I've gone uh, vertical plane instead of horizontal plane. Mm -hmm. Um, They're made on bases, so coiled, smoothed-out bases that are either wheel-thrown or hand-built. And then I build and flare out, so I pinch out, mm -hmm. as opposed to the coiled wrapping-around movement one. Um, So those ones, these – yeah. Horizontal ones are technically a lot more thinner and faster to build. These ones are making a base and then building out from them um, and then wheel throwing and then building onto those wheel thrown forms. Um, I think it's uh, knowing when to stop so that they don't bow out and collapse Mm -hmm. and not getting too hungry to finish something yeah um so just calling it as soon as the material starts being like stop (laughs) stop (laughs) stop pinching me yeah yeah because I think it's yeah what I said like movement and water it's just going to make it like jelly um so the more you do it and the more you press something just because you want to finish it it's not going to end in a good time
0: yeah let it be such a nice space in here. I'm so relaxed in here. Oh, great. Truly. <laughs> just, I'm glad. It's really, really nice in here. It just feels. I'm glad. <laughs> I feel like I can do a lot of work in here, just like knuckle down. Just Yep. Have you been able, you, have you gone over to Sydney to see the work? February. Oh, yeah. And going I'm so excited. Oh, yes. Oh, so everything was a bit delayed
1: because all the other artists had a few other shows going on. Um, and another artist was giving birth and i think there was just a lot of um hoops to jump when the borders were closed Mm -hmm. uh for me to get over um particularly for work stuff and um they decided to just not put that pressure on everyone and to celebrate in february so it was really great Mm -hmm. thank you mca (laughs) um but yeah that it It's going to be really great and I'm so excited. And I've had some friends who are over there Mm -hmm. in Sydney see the show and I'm just like, yeah, great. (laughs) I also think that I've got a lot of people to thank, like photographers and uh, a lot of people who helped because there was many hands, many hands in this project. So my Instagram is all about gratitude for the next year. (laughs) That's nice. Yes.
0: <laughs> That's great to hear. I, I've gone through your Insta a few times and seen a lot of people tagged in there. So yeah. <laughs> there are many moving parts and cogs that help yeah. this machine get to where it is. Definitely. So. And yeah. I
1: think the most powerful one is my partner. Yeah. So thank you, Lou.
0: <laughs> good resilience, Lou. Thanks, Lou. And yes. good photography as well. I know. Goodness. If you need someone, hit Lou up. <laughs> Please put that in
2: there. <laughs>
0: about your work
1: it's hard sometimes because i think i think there's like evolving ideas but underpinning it is yourself as a mirror um using clay as just a material that holds you Um, and i don't want that to sound wanky or anything because some people can kind of joke about those things but i when i teach wheel throwing or when i've helped kids that are facing intense trauma Using clay as a material where you get to witness, like, the pressure of, like, you know, if there's something holding in your body, you'll see that. It'll show up and it's non judgmental and it's a safe place. So I think there's this nice thing about materials as a therapy, and you don't have to see it as that. Like, um, this kind of idea or things that, like, I kind of lament on you don't have to. It could just be like, I just love that blob or I love this. But I I like making the idea of it, creating opportunities and conversations and maybe creating more connection to yourself and the world. Um, But yeah, I think there's the, when you're in uni, you learn that, um, why am I making this? What what does it, like, why does it matter? Mm -hmm. And Um, How is it important to the world? Yeah. And I think I always come back to that. Like um, for me to be a utilitarian kind of ceramicist, to make things for restaurant wear wasn't exciting. Um, But to make things, even though I get excited by um, other people who do make like that and deep appreciation for it, I am more excited by ceramic as like an installation or a sculpture or an immersive interactive thing because it, it's an interactive material.
0: There's a lot of thought that goes into your work. It's not just um, visually beautiful and aesthetically pleasing. Like, it, as I said, it makes you stop and appreciate it and you can think while looking at
1: a piece. Yes, um, I had a really hard time leaving my role at the primary school. I was there for two years and I think what I needed to do needed to be more impactful than that but still speak to why I cared or why I studied art therapy in the yeah. first place or why, you know, places like Car that are offering pop and, um, you know, other workshops that they do, like their holiday workshops and things. Like I just – I really believe in that and I Mm. think that that this practice and material and creativity and making is a part of everyone's life in every aspect um, and everyone needs access to it.
0: Most definitely. And I think the beauty with your work as well was that – There might be a lot of adults who aren't able to communicate what they're feeling, what they've experienced, whether they haven't been given the tools or they don't feel safe or it's just not the right time for them to accept whatever they've gone through. You provide that. Yeah. And, yeah, it's really nice. I'd like to think I do. Thank you. (laughs) It's really nice.
1: Yeah. No, I hope that, like, people can look at the concepts behind things or be like, what the? what's that is it stalactite like why yeah. and i think there's that connection back to environments environments that build up over time or like um termite mounts and how they're like little things that stack on top of themselves and build up to something bigger i think there's these really beautiful metaphors that you can draw out into yeah. a
0: lot of things stuff! Def- i'd love to write an essay yeah, oh my god please do <laughs> it's you know that foundation and you build up and up and up and it's just life you know you start yeah at you know, age zero and you build and you learn and you pull and you push yeah. and you do this and that and It's just this ever-evolving thing, and yeah, Yeah. if you can keep growing and growing and growing, and then if you grow too tall, like one of your works might, yeah, just collapse all of a sudden, or absolutely, you know, yeah, yeah, not end up where they should be, like all over the floor, totally.
1: Um, Yeah, and seeing the material have like stress fractures. So I think the reason why in grad grad school when we started um, putting together like the grad show and you know, finishing Studio B, I mean, Studio A going into Studio B, um, I was looking at how uh, I get just Earth, how Earth and um, cliffs and all these types of uh, formations of Earth have stress cracks Yeah. and why they have stress cracks and what they're conducive to. So, you know, being walked on all over the time or like – on a cliff face that's about to fall off Mm. because of atmospheric pressures and all these other types of things. And I was just like, well, there's so many parallels to our environments and ourselves. Mm. And I think we can take some
0: hints and cues of how to help ourselves better. Most definitely be kinder to ourselves and the planet that we live on.
1: Yes. Yes, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. It's been so I'm nice. so stoked that you got to interview me. me too. <laughs> so, I'm great. so glad we found some time in your insanely busy schedule. Well,
1: thank you for holding, you know, in there. <laughs> holding in there? Oh.
0: Yeah. <laughs> holding on. <laughs> time. We got there. We got there. And um, we're so excited to see where you go next and yes. what you've got planned for next year. Watch this space. we love our South Australian artist Sam Gold. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
2: Yay. <laughs>